So you've got a podcast or an idea for a podcast or no ideas yet, but you want to start a podcast. Whatever stage you're at, G Media Solutions is here to help you take your podcast to the next level. We are a podcast production company based in Atlanta that specializes in audio recording, video live streaming, and all the elements you need to make your podcast thrive. To fulfill your podcast needs, contact us on Facebook and or Instagram at G Media ATL. Before the start of this episode, I wanted to tell you about another podcast that I am producing for my friend Aisha. It's called the Botanica Podcast. I wonder what she thinks of that pronunciation. But anyway, <laughs> uh, here's a trailer for the podcast. You can subscribe to it uh, anywhere you get your podcast, just like ours. Here it is. Oh, Welcome to the Botanica Podcast. This is your host, Aisha. Listen in as we discuss topics like love, health, sex, relationships, and even alternative medicine. We stream live every Sunday at 8 on Facebook. Listen to the Botanica Podcast on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to stop by our Botanica every Sunday. We have a lot to share. There's another podcast I want to tell you guys about. It's called The Barber and the Bartender. There's a barber, there's a bartender, and they talk about pop culture, sports, music. And of course, because one of them's a bartender, there's going to be a drink of the day and he'll give you a little history on different libations. So uh, tune into The Barber and the Bartender on Spotify, Apple Podcast. They're on Facebook. Here's the trailer for their podcast. Come to my chair, you catch a bait or get a taste. This shit gonna hurt tomorrow. Mm-mm. But it tastes good today. It's gonna hurt right now. I'm at the bar mixing up drinks and conversation. Yeah, no, I'm just a part-time dirtbag. Don't do that. You're a superstar. Yeah, we the ones you talk to and we your favorite. I'm a barber. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, there, niggas put a goddamn permanent hair, I know. You know what I'm saying? I just said I, that's I, my I, hero. You gonna hurt First of all, niggas that have nappy hair, put permanent <laughs> hair, have baby hair. It's the barber and the bartender, the best podcast in the nation. By the time you hear this podcast, you'll know what happened to that boy. What happened to that boy? What happened to that boy? What happened to that boy? He was talking shit, we put a clap into that boy. What happened to that boy? What happened to that boy? What happened to that boy? People talking shit, we put a clap to that boy. I heard it snitching on a player main, say it ain't so. Even as a youngin', they consigned me to blow. Which explains why I'm worth my weight in gold. While they was taking baby steps from an A to an O. Word in the streets that the envy is me enough ice on that watch to make a nigga lose sleep. 
magnified face, help the bitch see clearly. Nine on the waist, hit the bitch up severely. I'm known for the flip of that cocaina. I'm heavy in the street like the seven series beamer, man. Hit him with the Nina, man. Or that four fifth guaranteed to lean your man. Whoa, I'm the reason that your block is vacant. Malicious or hit ya. Just to make a statement, bitch. Clips and cash money, who ain't rich? Don't compare me to you, nigga. You ain't this. Whoa, what happened to that boy? Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with episode 190. Uh, I know we took a couple months off. Has it really been that long? Yes. Oh, man. <laughs> we are back with another episode, and um, here we are. And I think for the first time, we are both wearing hats hey, on the street. <laughs> was that a bear? Yeah. Okay. I, I have no idea what brand man. it is. And it's bear brand, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bear. Y'all might know. It's it's one of those uh hype beast type of brands, I guess. It's not Supreme, I don't think. <laughs> it would have said Supreme in big letters and oh, it would have cost you like a hundred thousand dollars. Way for more than you should ever pay for a hat. So um Thank you to everyone who has stuck with us so far. I, I thought we would have fallen in the uh, music history rankings on Podomatic, but we've we've stayed in in the top five pretty consistently we have a good catalog. over the past two months. So good catalog. I think we we even had an increase in downloads last week. Oh man, they're <laughs> hungry. <laughs> so we know y'all y'all been waiting for a new episode, and we got one for you. Uh, so. Let's get into some music news. A lot's happened since we last did an episode the last uh, two months. Um, I think what's still fresh on people's minds is um, the the death of Takeoff from the Migos. Um, he was shot uh, leaving a party. Um, no arrests have been made. I don't know if anyone knows who did it. Some people know who was associated, yeah. who was at the party. Um I think uh, Jay Prince and I, yeah, like Jay Prince, uh, was it his Jay son, Prince Jr.? Yeah. yeah, his son was there. Um, there was a boxer there. I don't know if it was uh, Shakur, Shakur Stevenson. I think uh, that's his name. Let me see here. I don't know. I'm looking at or it might the... have been Adonis Stevenson. I can't remember. I don't, well, I, I don't, I don't remember, know if they're but related, I see but I, I think it was something like there was a picture taken right before it happened, and, and him and Takeoff are standing right next to each other. Um, so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't, I didn't want to brush it under, you know, you know, sweep it under the rug, but I feel like that's what's happened. Everyone's just kind of moved on, like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think people may also associate that with where the Migos were with their careers. Because uh, uh, it seemed like they were headed for a breakup. Yeah, like Takeoff and Quavo did their album uh, separate, like with uh, did an album without Offset. Um, so they, <clears throat> who knows what was going to happen with the future of the group. There was a bit, a bit, a little bit of feuding, a little bit of, of beef there, but. Now, you know, it's not going to be, it's definitely not the same anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, who knows what's going to happen to the other two, you know, going forward. Um, 
in uh, on Aisha's podcast when we discussed this, I I said that the Migos were probably one of the most influential groups, you know, of this era of music. I guess you could say of the last 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. one of the most influential and innovative. Yeah. Um, you know, they <laughs> where they the other things outside of the lyrics and the production are just as important to the song. Mm-hmm. Like the ad libs become uh, a big deal <laughs> yeah. and, and legendary and whoever however ad libs are done, you know, you're you could look at the Migos for, you know, a, a template. You know, other other rappers have done it of course, but it it it, it came off differently with them. Yeah. Um uh there was debate on who was the best rapper, even though I don't uh, of the in the group. And some people say it was uh, it was Quavo, and then it was Offset, and Takeoff's not that good. But then Takeoff has his own mm-hmm. fan base, and then it's like, well, actually, Takeoff is the best one. So <laughs> you know those those kind of it there, it brought up those kinds of conversations. Um, but for for a time, you know, and even they couldn't like sustain the run that they had, uh, but hardly any rapper, any rap group can sustain the kind of can, can sustain a longer run than what they had. Mm-hmm. You know, they were one of the biggest groups in the world. Yeah, in the world, and um, there was really and and it's rare because at, you don't see a you don't see a lot of rap groups anymore. No, not really. There, there are a few out there, but it's it's not indie, a though. it's not a lot. Yeah, I mean, okay, there's I don't know Brockhampton. Yeah, uh, those are the more indie style, rappers. and then they're they're more collectives <clears throat> like, yeah. um, like uh, what's the what's the, it's it's Kendrick Lamar, Schoolboy Q, and Absol. Oh, I forgot they were doing stuff together. They're on a label together, yeah. but they're not necessarily a rap group in which, I mean, they do songs together, but they're not yeah. necessarily a rap group. You usually see it like in the form of like a collaboration album. Yeah. I.e. like, you know, Drake and um, 21, 21 Savage, Savage more yeah. recently and Drake and um, <laughs> Future before that, you know, you'll you'll see that happen. But very rarely is it does it become an actual project that they, you know, continuously do. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's. It's more than an unfortunate situation, you know. It brought up the the kind of the kind of conversation about um, is being a rapper a tough job, or is it a, is it as dangerous? Is it really that dangerous? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a tragedy. Yeah, it's a tragedy. I I can't look at it as anything more than that <laughs> because. Um, that would I don't want to say like cheapen, but kind of like it to say any that it's anything else is um it's just inaccurate. You could say insensitive. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's it's a tragedy and I think um <clears throat> yeah, that's just what it is. I, I didn't have anything else to add about it. No, it's tragic. I, th- I think you summed it up perfectly. Just to think, no, <clears throat> this guy's 10 years younger than me. I couldn't imagine my life being cut short 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, 
Um, and but then also to think about all the things he accomplished in 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 essentially what was 28 years of life. Yeah. Accomplished a lot, you know, a lot. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Rest in peace to take off. Um, well, one thing I did want to add, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I've not to say that I've been to a bunch of funerals or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And definitely no issue with it being held at State Farm. Mm -hmm. Right. But I guess the Atlanta's a weird town in a way because there were so many pictures of who was at the funeral. Yeah. I just thought that was kind of weird. Uh, I mean, like it was. A, it's a celebrity, so that's going to happen. It, we're a celebrity obsessed culture, even in death. <laughs> We're obsessed. I, I mean, it's definitely that way. And it's, I feel like in Atlanta, it's, I don't know if it's the worst, but I feel like it's pretty bad. I can't say I, I see it in LA or New York or yeah. Miami or whatever. So it's funny. But I feel like it's pretty bad in Atlanta. People try to say that we're different than other cities because they try to say, a lot of people from Atlanta try to lump Atlanta into an LA or New York where you always see people. But you still will find people kind of fanboying, fangirling out here every now and then when you when you see somebody. So I don't know why we try to act like we're any different. And I think that to the 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 step, I guess, I guess the step below that is people want to, um, if they're the person next to the person next to the celebrity. Mm -hmm. Oh, that degrees of separation. Yeah, they. I think people stretch that in Atlanta. The degrees of separation. Mm -hmm. Like I'll, I'll say this, and I'm going to say it about this guy's uh, uh, radio show or podcast that I work on. <laughs> if you ever hear this, I read your email. <clears throat> so he had this guy on as a guest. This was uh, probably like nine, ten months ago. Had this guy on. Um, he's an actor. Uh, I guess he does local theater or whatever. No knock against that. Yeah. But the story that the host wanted to hear was his experience for being a, uh, being a background actor in, uh, one of the Avengers movies. <laughs> now, uh, he's a former army vet, I believe. Or he was in the he served in the military, and he the story one to hear was Robert Downey Jr. like having a fifteen to twenty second conversation with him, with this background That's actor. An, <laughs> I really think, um, that was that's become a thing, dude. Like people who say that they're they're actors or that they're you know in movies and they're just extras. Like that's a thing. That like, is I could have said that. That's a legit thing in <laughs> Atlanta because of how we've exploded with movies, you know, first with Tyler Perry, um, and then with a lot of the you know, with basically MCU and Stranger Things kind of making their homes mm -hmm. here. Um and oop, can't and, can't forget Walking uh, Dead. And Vampire Diaries. And Vampire Diaries. Gotta shout them out because they were here before MCU. But you know, when you have like what has been the the film franchise of the last twenty years settle down here, 
Um, and no, I'm not talking about Fast and Furious because I know they did a movie. <laughs> they did one. I think it was the one where they were supposed to be in, in Brazil. Brazil. <laughs> yeah. They were Which here. Which shows you can turn Atlanta into anything. Um, but so many people, like I knew a young lady who used to come up here. There's like a shuttle that goes between Columbus and Atlanta. I feel like anyone who's listening who knows her might know who I'm talking about. I know our friend in, in California, Matt G, will know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but like... She wanted to just be in movies, and so, like, she was doing that. Like, she was catching the shuttle and just coming back and forth and being in episodes like Vampire Diaries and things like that. And you're an extra, and, like, hey, I get it. It's, you know, you're standing around all day. It's tough, blah, blah, blah. But it's, like, I think she thought that she might have a shot at being a movie star. I don't don't know. But, like, this town is good for that, I think. I guess what's so – I – I was a theater major, okay? I acted a little bit. <laughs> and, but... to, you saw like Jeremy Piven right now. <laughs> I'll, have share, I'll have to share the video later so you know what I'm talking about. I I I I, I acted in, in college a little bit and uh <laughs> I guess that but I've told like even my former classmates that I'm probably more the anti-theater major because <laughs> I wasn't really that much into musicals as y'all are. Um, That's funny. <laughs> and uh, you know, and and whatever state, and I was I I didn't fulfill all the the stereotypes of any theater major. There's a there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of. Them. <laughs> but even after. I did some background work. I mean, y'all, I did that for like yeah. a couple of years. Um, you should I have made an IMDb with the headshot and everything, man. I, I never did. <laughs> I see a lot of not, you know. God, I but like, I was told like I needed to do that. Yeah. Like all I did was background stuff. And I, oh, I, there's only one movie that I actually saw myself in. Yeah. There's <laughs> lottery ticket, right? The lottery yeah, ticket. Yeah. But did like, you were you in fist fight too? Extra in fist fight. No, uh, it was um, another alliterative title, Due Date. Due Date, yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> I uh, knew someone who was an extra in Fist Fight. I do know someone. But that's the thing now. Like, you'll see, you know, and I, this, I swear to God, I am not in the manosphere. I'm not an incel. But I mostly see women doing this. Like, on their Instagram pages, they'll list themselves as an actor, and they'll have a link to their IMDb page, and you go there, and it is nothing but, like, All girl number two. Or girl number like it's just it's just that, and then I'm like oh so you're not an actor like I like back <laughs> and they usually misspell instead of saying aspiring actor they say inspiring actor and that's when I'm done. <laughs> I'm and I and I used to see this even more when I was still doing photography more like when I was still trying to do photo shoots and things like that. A lot of the women, especially on Model Mayhem, would say that they're actors or actresses, and they would have an IMDb page, and it's like, you are background, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not pooping on that. But it's just like, it's just, I'm like, I'm taking your headshot for what to and, do? And, that, and that's kind of... I was in Teen Wolf. No, you weren't. <laughs> <laughs> you were in the background. You were sitting at a lunch table in Teen Wolf, which is more than I've done. But. Like I, I'm not knocking background work because last year I almost got back into it, and you but, and you need it. Like it's important, the film industry, <laughs> right? Uh, but I'm not going to, um, like my my mom did this as far as like with my resume, like try to dress it up as mm-hmm. far as like when I put the description 
uh, try to make it seem like more than what it is. Mm-hmm. That is everybody who does only background. They're trying to make yeah. it more than what it is. Uh, probably my and for the, I'll do I I I give you a list of the of the movies I did background for. Well, there's Lottery Ticket. I think that that was the first one I ever did. Mm-hmm. Um, due Date, uh, Life as We Know It. Did you have a conversation with Robert Downey Jr. for 15 <laughs> seconds? <laughs> What about Zach Galifianakis? This this was my Robert Downey Jr. story since he was in due date. <laughs> I uh, I think he played a like a construction foreman or something. I I was a construction worker background on that day. Okay. And while we're waiting to go to the set to shoot whatever shot this is, he comes by on a golf cart. He just says, "Hey, how's everyone doing?" Like, "Hey, we're good. All right, I'll see y'all out there." And then he just drives away. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was it. Um, with fame. What was another one? Oh, Stomp the Yard 2. I forgot you did. Okay. <laughs> I was one of like the 10 extras who got paid to be there because <laughs> everyone just wanted to see um, who was in who was in Stomp the Yard 2. Uh, it was some kid who was, I think he was in a Disney movie before or something like that. I can't remember his name. And it had, uh, I don't know if you ever watched So You Think You Can Dance, um, Twitch. I never watched. He, he's on. Movies. He's. I think he's like a co-host or or something with the, mm-hmm. on Ellen's show, but he 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 went viral. I guess you could say from being on. So you think you can dance? Um, and it had uh the girl from three little uh three three LW, mm. Keely Kelly, okay. she was in it. I think I've seen uh, this guy before. Which Tika Boss? Sumter was in it. Tika Sumter. Tika Sumter. She was in um. God, I said I, I actually I know her from Sonic. <laughs> she was also in Ride Along. Okay, yeah, she was in Sonic yeah. also. Yeah, and she was also like the only black girl on Gossip Girl, <laughs> the original Gossip That's, Girl. Okay, okay. <laughs> Hold on, was it the when they had like because she was one of the rich girls, right? She was a, her and her brother or something like that. Uh, it was her and her dad, and like Chuck fell in love with her or something. Her because fa- her father was um. God, Michael I'm, Boatman. Yeah, I always know them from the white shows, though. I was like, he was in freaking Spin City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's where I know him. Okay, I'm looking at the pictures. I remember now. Yeah, I used to love Spin City. That was, that was most people woke up watching Saved by the Bell before school. You're I would watch Spin reruns City? of Spin City. Yeah. That was my thing. <laughs> it was on. Even that into the Charlie Sheen years? Um, yeah, so, because I forgot it was... Um, Michael J. Fox and then Charlie Sheen, which, I mean, he's not bad, but he's not Michael J. Fox. So he lacks the charm. Michael J. Fox has charm. Charlie Sheen does not. He's just arrogant. And you're just supposed to like it, you know? <laughs> I think on that show, his character's name was Charlie because he can't, he doesn't respond to any other names. Mm. I'm not surprised. <laughs> um. So... Where were we? In there? Oh, yeah. So celebrity obsessed culture. Network. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I the the degrees of separation is what stretched. Oh, and I one one more story from doing the lottery ticket. That was the first one I did, and it's the last scene of the movie. Yeah. Spoiler alert, because this movie came out in twenty ten. Yeah. Uh, so Bow Wow wins the lottery. <gasps> and. <laughs> well, he he had the ticket, but it was Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, they couldn't cash it, and they couldn't they couldn't uh, turn it in. 
But he also hadn't signed it, which was dumb. And then the neighborhood bully comes and steals it. Wackiness ensues. Yeah. So when he finally um, is able to turn in the ticket, he comes back to the neighborhood uh, in a helicopter. And mm-hmm. there's a new basketball court there and all that. So it's supposed to be like the, you know, everyone in the neighborhood comes to see him land in the helicopter. Or before he takes off in the helicopter or something like that. So while we're waiting to shoot this scene, Bow Wow starts shooting the ball on the basketball court. This was the weirdest thing I'd ever seen. So when he makes the the first time he makes a shot, mm-hmm. people started applauding. I can see that. I can see that. People want to they want to feel a part, you know. Like maybe if he like, sees me clapping, are y'all doing? he'll come and, <laughs> he'll put me on his next album or in his next movie. And like he made another one, and they applauded again. I'm, I just I knew where I was then. Yeah, <laughs> I knew where I was. I don't know why this movie just made me think about, it, and I'm not going to go too deep in it because I know we'll 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 go. Um, kind of like that your high concept movie, basically. Like you know, like you just take a concept, um, like a, like um, oh god, after Die Hard. You know, you had like, oh, what if we had Die Hard on a bus? You get speed. What if we had Die Hard on a on a train, or on a on a boat or something, you get speed too. too. Like Die Hard on what, something. Um, I feel like there is probably like thinking about this with lottery ticket. The bully tries to get it. You could probably say like for black movies, Friday, but he wins the lottery. Friday, but he. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because there's so many movies that do that. Like, they'll just be like, oh, yeah, let's just say, you know, Die Hard, of course, is the one where they're just like, Die Hard. They, it came full circle with Skyscraper with The Rock. It was like, all right, well, Die Hard on the, this, yeah, the, the Skyscraper with The Rock. Oh, we, oh, we got to add something. Wasn't he paraplegic also? Yeah, he was missing. Well, he was paraplegic. He had a fake leg. <laughs> he, had a, he had lost a leg, and it was just weird. I mean, at this point, yeah, but that's. It's it's just funny, Die Hard, you know, with extreme sports, Point Break, like <laughs> you can kind oh, of no. really just <laughs> and then Point and then with Point Break, it's like okay, so an undercover cop goes into people robbing people, mm-hmm. but instead of they're surfers, they're drivers. Fast and Furious, Fast and Furious, <laughs> Fast and Furious. Oh God! And yeah. then you and then you flip some other stuff. Like I've always said this, and no one talks about it. So uh, you have set it off. Let's remake Set It Off, but with white guys. Now you have the town. Mm, you really do. <laughs> I keep telling people, it's the same movie. Weren't there like a <laughs> few movies, though, that came out around that time that all took place in New England? <laughs> and they were all about kind of the same thing? Was it? There was the town, um, although I didn't see the river with um oh, I don't Mystic know that river? Was a, Mr. River I don't think that was a heist film though. That wasn't a heist film. There was a lot of movies though that were coming out around that uh, time like like in just one? like The Departed came out I know I know that was based off of a Japanese property but I like, think there was just a lot taking place in, in Boston. In, that, in Boston. Yeah. Like Gone Girl. Gone not Gone Girl. Gone Baby Gone. Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, you had the you had all the um you had all the accents. The accents were <laughs> thick. <laughs> Oh, the departed. The departed. It's like it's all all the actors were super <laughs> thick and um Yeah, it's it's just like it was just Boston, man. It was 
Hell, and I even they, think um, they all involved Matt Damon or <laughs> Ben Affleck or Casey Affleck. I'm surprised they didn't <laughs> try to <laughs> get them in doubt because I think that took place in Boston as well. The movie with yeah, um, but that Phil was at the, at the private school. That was at the Catholic school. Yeah, and I'm just Street. somehow though, like I could see, like you know, hey, father, like I could just, <laughs> <laughs> I could see them putting one of them in there, because I mean, Matt Damon can be a serious actor when he wants to. Ben Affleck, not as much, but Matt Damon still has some cred. Um, but I mean, that was a great movie too, though. Philip Seymour Hoffman, everyone killed it in that movie. Was that that was Viola Davis's breakout, wasn't it? Yeah, because yeah. she she mostly been doing um, uh, theater. Mm-hmm. As I think one of her first roles that like anyone noticed her was in Get Richard Die Trying, and she had a very oh, yeah. small role in that. Yeah. All right, not not to go off, but yeah, just yeah. I just Friday if they won the lottery. Like, I just thought about. <laughs> Got to avoid the bully somehow. <laughs> All right. Um, let's get to uh, the Grammy nominations. Ooh. So they'll be taking place on on February 5th. They were announced a couple weeks ago, almost two weeks. Um, let's go over the I, – I hadn't I, – I, I'm going to be honest. When they came out, you know, I sent the – well, no, you sent me the, the screenshot. I really hadn't looked at anything else. Uh, as far as any nominations. So let's look at record of the year. So we got Don't Shut Me Down by ABBA. This is a different one from when they were nominated last year. This is a different song. So I I don't know. Is this the resurgence of ABBA? I don't know. I feel um, like this is their like their kind of extended Steely Dan run. Mm. Maybe uh, Two Against One, right, was the Steely Dan Two Against album. Nature. Two Against, two against nature. nature, yeah. So maybe this is an ex- just an extended run. Because, I mean, like, they're not – they're just, I mean, it's it's cool, but they're just not. This ain't the seventies. So, yeah, but like we said before, disco. Oh yeah, died in never, America, not around, not abroad, but it, abroad <laughs> it evolved. Um, I will say this though, could this this with these nominations, this is very, this reeks of what is the feel? Would you say give it to the old guy? Yeah, this you know before they die, let's find a way to honor them, and. I know someone who is under the age of 30 might not understand it, but at a time, like, Apple was pop royalty. They just were. Absolutely. So. Um, and they, they, yeah. they've never won a Grammy. Yeah. Uh, Easy on Me by Adele. Uh, the, felt like a duh. Defecto. Yeah, that felt the fact. <laughs> duh. Well, when I first heard the song, yep, Record yep. of the Year nominee, Me. Song of the Year nominee. In the bag. <laughs> it's there. We will see her at the ceremony. Um, Break My Soul by Beyonce. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, oh, four, Lord. four writers. Only four writers this time. So I think, but this is this is a this go also goes to the producer and the uh, engineers mm-hmm. and the mixer. So I one, really two, think the three, Academy likes the dream and tricky. Wrong. I just think they do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Beyonce, the dream, tricky, and. Jens Christian Isaacson. I don't know who that is. Me either. Um, because on with the Grammy nominations, they put the person's real name. <laughs> uh, Good morning, gorgeous by Mary J. Blige. Uh, written by Demille, or is it Demile? I'm not sure. And her. Um, uh, so they they wrote this song for Mary J. Yeah, I believe. Oh, never mind. I think this is. So okay, Serban. 
is on this. Wow. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's one of the producers. Whoa. Okay. He's like a. He's. I, if I remember correctly, he's um, got a disco background as well. If I remember correctly, um, uh, this is more of an R and B song. That yeah. particular song. I'd have to go back and look though, because I could be incorrect, but I just know he's I, I done think, some. I think the Academy likes Demille and her also. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they won an Oscar too. Oh, speaking of which, before I move on. Viola Davis has been nominated for a Grammy, and if she wins, EGOT. EGOT. Before David Foster, <laughs> David Foster, you get you need to get that musical together, get that Tony. Um, uh, you and Me on the Rock by Brandy Carlisle featuring Lucius. Haven't heard that one. Nor have I. A uh, Woman by Doja Cat. Uh, Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Um, Ben's not a fan of this song. I am not. I am not. I am not. Uh, but Lori, one of our uh, prominent guests, called it when oh, the yeah. song came out. <laughs> um, the Heart Part Five by Kendrick Lamar. Rare that the that rap songs uh, get nominated in this category. Uh, About Damn Time by Lizzo, a song I could not escape while yeah. I did not. Uh, while my uh, cassette adapter didn't work. <laughs> and As It Was by Harry Styles. Um, I heard Late Night Talking during that period more than As It Was. Album of the Year, Voyage by ABBA. You think they're going to win one of these? I'm telling it's, it's, <laughs> it's the perfect setup. Give it to the old guys. 30 by Adele. Duh. <laughs> uh, Un Verano Senti by Bad Bunny uh, Album of the Summer Yeah uh, Renaissance by Beyonce okay. Is this the year? Look at I don't know But look at all list of people Damn. Yeah Because it does include uh, All the featured artists mm-hmm. All the producers All the songwriters All the mixers and engineers Yeah and then all the producers. Well, I said producers, but yeah, them too. Like Raphael Sadiq is in here. I see that mm-hmm. name. Um, Grace Jones. I, I think she was on one of the songs. Um, Jay Z, of course. Uh, yeah. So now Rogers <laughs> somewhere in there. It's somewhere in there. So yeah. Um, Good Morning Gorgeous, Mary J. Blige. I think it's the first time she's been nominated for Album of the Year. She's yeah. nominated for Song and Record of the Year a couple times. Uh, this includes DJ Khaled and Dave East and Fabulous and Fabio Foreign and Griselda and her and Jadakiss and Moneybag Yo and Neo and Anderson Pack and Remy Ma and Usher. Those are all the featured artists. Um, cool and Dre. Um, <clears throat> trying to think if there's the... There's a song of hers I was really, really into recently. I'm just, I don't know if that's. Yeah. So. One of the, Rent Money. <laughs> yep, that's, I love that song. Rent Money is really, really good. Okay. Uh, Indie Silent Days by Brandy Carlisle. <clears throat> Music of the Spheres by Coldplay. Not heard that one. Uh, I've heard the song they did with We Are King. Um, it's very good, but it it's not, this isn't. The classic period, I guess, of Coldplay. Oh, they've gone way <laughs> past that. Uh, Metro Boomin is is a producer, one of the like, producers on this album. I doubt most people who, if you woke somebody up 
who heard Parachute <laughs> and maybe even a rush of blood to the head and show them this album, they'd be like, oh, you know who's who's on here who? as a producer? Max Martin. <laughs> who, according to Monario, even his name is easy. It just, just rolls off your tongue. <laughs> That's interesting that just to see what they've become. But I, I don't know. Like, I think to compare them to like Maroon 5, another band that has had a similar trajectory, I just feel like they did it better than Maroon 5. Like, I'd never felt at any point that the rest well, of the band was not it involved. It didn't feel like there was a drastic change. Like with Maroon 5, okay, they're this pop rock band with some funk stylings, and then they just went full pop with yeah. a rap feature. It just, it, I don't know. It feels, it really truly feels to me like everyone is still involved in the process. Yeah. And it's not just like show up for the tour. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like it feels, it definitely feels like just show up for the tour with Maroon 5, but yeah. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, Kendrick Lamar. Um, Baby Keem is on there, Ghostface Killer. Beth Gibbons from Portishead. Uh, Kodak Black. Taylor Page, uh, the actress. Okay. Summer Walker. Uh, I need to go and listen to this. I haven't listened to this album. And uh, what else we got? Special by Lizzo. Uh, Benny Blanco. Uh I should do an episode about him, yeah, because he's so. he's kind of the he's the the Max Martin now, yeah, um, yeah, uh, and Harry's House by Harry Styles. Not a lot of people on that one. Him and Brandy Carlisle probably have the smallest contingency of people working on their record. Abba, next to, Abba. Never mind. Just would have been looked. Abba's like <laughs> us, just us. just <laughs> the same four people. The ladies sing it, the oh, guys write God. it, <laughs> and produce it. Since Waterloo. <laughs> oh, man, like if it was good enough for Eurovision. <laughs> just saying. Song of the Year, uh, ABCDEFU by Gail. And let me tell you, TikTok is mad about that one. Why? Because she ran a campaign where she tried to make it seem like the song was created um uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like grassroots, I guess, but it's more astroturf. Oh. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it was like she made the, you know, she made a song like, help me write this song, guys. But like it was discovered that they actually had label plants within the comments making suggestions for the song. So it's like. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Like, is she an industry? Yeah. Is she an industry plant? Yeah. So they're like, we thought this song was written organically and now we're finding out it probably wasn't. Uh, we got About Damn Time by Lizzo. Uh, All Too Well, the 10-minute version by Taylor Swift. I haven't heard it, and you think it's trash? I just, I'm just, i just sick of this crap, the Taylor version stuff. And, you know, she's she's to me, she's going from Oh, wait, was this from to, one of yeah, the other albums? This was from Red, Taylor's version. Oh. Yeah. Okay. This is apparently she did this so that she could get an Oscar nomination. No, she did that movie she was in. So that she could try to get an Oscar nomination for, for the video film. for this. Yeah. So I, I've gone from calling her the, um, the fake news of pop music to the money grab of pop music. Because it's starting to, is a lot of this stuff now is starting to seem like it might have started out coming from a good place, but it, every, everything she's doing now just seems like a money grab. All right. Uh, we got As It Was by Harry Styles, Bad Habit by Steve Lacey. Mm hmm. 
<laughs> Break My Soul by Beyonce. Um, just four songwriters, though. Yeah. Beyonce, Jay-Z, The Dream, and Tricky. Easy on Me by Adele. Duh. <laughs> uh, God Did. Uh, I don't really care how does DJ Khaled get writing credit on this? Did he, uh, like, <laughs> was one of his, like, trademark phrases? I don't remember. I, I listened to the song once. I didn't care for it. Because uh, it's DJ Khaled featuring Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, Jay-Z, John Legend, and Friday. Hmm. Um, where? How does DJ Khaled fit into uh, being a songwriter on this? Whatever. Um, <laughs> the Heart Part 5 by Kendrick <clears throat> Lamar. And just like that by Bonnie Raitt. Yeah, I, need, I saw that and I was like, I need to check that out immediately. And she is the this is the only song where it's one writer, just her, just Bonnie Raitt. She old school, man. <laughs> and I feel like the the Grammys will do. They'll throw in like, remember this person. <laughs> <laughs> so right now it's ABBA and Bonnie Raitt. Um, best new artist. <laughs> Uh, I'm not familiar with everyone on this list, but we got Anita, Omar Apollo, Domi and JD Beck, Muni Long, Samara Joy, Lotto, Manskin or Mainskin, Toby Wigway, Molly Tuttle, and Wetleg. One, two, three. I've heard of four artists over on this list. <laughs> I've heard of Lotto and Mainskin. That's it. We are old. Mm hmm. Um, Wet like a British indie rock band. They look like Haim. Huh, all right, you know, get it how you get it. Uh, I think a lot of people, uh, well, black people are probably more excited about Toby and Wigway because mm. uh, he's he's been around for a while, and he's done basically he's come up his he's done it his way as okay. far as the kind of music he makes, as far as his. Uh, music videos, yeah, they're the, the, the visuals, and a lot of mint green. <laughs> That's like one of what the, the the main uh, the main color of his his motif. Um, and like he's a totally indie artist. I mean, this is probably it's a it's a it's a chance to rapper type of thing, except okay. Okay. that um, I think. With him doing it his own way, he'll continue to do that because, I mean, it's it's working. What he's doing is working. With Chance the Rapper, I I don't I I don't. Someone could tell us, but I don't know where the fall off came from. A lot of people say the album after Coloring Book, like they just say it just it was. I don't know. Some people say it was corny. I've heard some people say it was too happy. I I don't know. Like it's. It's hard to it's hard to be indie. It it really is. It's hard to be independent. You're saying he's completely independent, right? Mm-hmm. I'm mean, I imagine he just has what like maybe a distribution, yeah, or something. Yeah, it's hard to do that, man. That's why I I I give respect to artists who can, who can do it and reach. And I I know like you know with with Chance, and I know within the hip hop community he's persona non grata. But even Macklemore, like it's mm-hmm. hard to get to that level not just regionally but like you have you know so 
Um, I'm I'm gonna look into this because I've I've never heard of him. Of Toby um, Wigway? Yeah, I've never oh, heard of him. Yeah. I see he Check was on out. on something by PJ Morton who I really like. So I think he has a song on 2K. Then I've probably heard him. <laughs> I think he's I think he's on one on. on Truth or be told, he was either, he's either on that or on Madden. He was on one of those. Soundtrack. Okay, because I will say normally by like the second or third week, sound goes down. <laughs> Turn that soundtrack off. Um, one more category I wanted to look at: uh, producer non classical. This is always interesting to me. So we got Jack Antonoff because, yeah, uh, Taylor Swift, of course. That um, was garbage. Dance Fever by Florence and the Machine. I Still Believe by Diana Ross. Uh, he did that. He came out with that song this year. Um, he produced the Minion soundtrack. Did they move on from Pharrell, I guess? <laughs> um, and Part of the Band by the 1975. Who are much bigger than I thought. <laughs> when I look at videos of them in like the UK, they're huge. People love them. I didn't know that. But we got Dan Auerbach, who worked with the Black Keys. He's in the Black Keys. <laughs> oh, he's in the Black Keys. Yeah, he's okay. one half of the I, Black I Keys. I didn't know I didn't know who the, yeah. the names of the members. Um Hank Williams Jr. Uh Something Borrowed, Something New, a tribute to John Anderson. Is this the dude from Yes or someone else? <laughs> um, and I don't know the other artists that he's worked with here, but I'm Ceramic sure he's very Animal. Good. I've heard of them, but I've not heard anything by them. Uh, we got Boy Wonder. Um, is that course, how you say that? Boy Wonder. Okay, that's creative. <laughs> uh, no, that's Hit Boy's worked with Nas, so never mind. Uh, so uh, he's worked with Corday and her and Lil Dirk, Jack Harlow. And Drake uh, did a song for Beyonce, Travis Scott, Kendrick Lamar, uh, uh, LMA, Giveon, and more Kendrick Lamar. So, yeah. Um, Dahi, not familiar with this producer, but to work with Steve Lacey, Kendrick Lamar, Vince Staples, and that's it. Well, those are their main, the main ones from this <laughs> year. And Demille, um, Who's nominated for Record of the Year or Song of the Year with uh, for Good Morning Gorgeous for Mary J. Blige. Also worked with Lucky Day. Uh, he worked on the Silk Sonic album, which was not nominated for Album of the Year. I think they pulled it, right, from consideration, if I remember correctly. Uh, could you look that up? Because yeah. I, I, I want to confirm that. Because I, I, I feel like that's interesting. Like They won Song and Record of the Year last year. So they were kind of a shoe-in for album of the year, I think, this year. Yeah, they have withdrawn their album in an evening, an evening with Silk Sonic for consideration for the 2023 Grammys. Um, he told Rolling Stone, we truly put our all in this record, but Silk Sonic would like to grace, gracefully, humbly, and Jesus, and most importantly, sexually bow out <laughs> of submitting our album this year, Bruno Mars said. Uh, maybe this is a one-off. Hmm. Um, and, uh, DeMille also worked with Jasmine Sullivan this year. So, yeah. Okay. Um, Ticketmaster versus the world. <laughs> That's what you called it. I did. I did. Well, it's funny because people are looking for, um, that artist that could take down, um, Ticketmaster, a fan base. 
Pearl Jam tried it in the 90s, and sometimes I feel like you have to really remind people how big Pearl Jam was at the time. They were pretty big. You know, they were one of the big four out of Seattle, and grunge ruled the airwaves. So um, they tried to take down Ticketmaster, testified with con- in front of Congress and everything for a lot of the similar reasons that we're hearing now, you know, um, claims of antitrust, monopoly, so forth and so on, because Ticketmaster works with certain venues and only works with certain venues. So if you don't, if you want to play the biggest and the best venues around the country, you got to work with Ticketmaster and Ticketmaster likes to, you know, kind of price gouge with all of the different fees and things like that. Um, I will say something that has come out within the last 15 years or so is the, like, I guess Ticketmaster kind of saying, well, hey, you know, these fees are actually levied by the artist. However, we take on recouping them so that we're the bad guy and the artist is not like we'll be the bad person. We don't mind. Um, so what we're looking at now started with. Um, so after, you know, thankfully, Mark Hoppus's cancer, he's cured of cancer. And so as a result, um, they, you know, decided to patch things up with Tom DeLong. Apparently, Matt Skiba understood um, they released a new song and they wanted to go on tour. And the tickets that were coming out were ridiculously priced. Um, are you familiar with their pricing thing now that they have dynamic pricing? Uh, no, I, I haven't <laughs> bought. I haven't bought concert tickets, uh, in a while. So <laughs> I, yeah. So essentially, <laughs> what it is is, um, it's similar to surge pricing with Uber. So the more people that want tickets, the higher the prices go. Um, they said this was to keep uh, uh, resellers and scalpers from just purchasing all the tickets and trying to resell them, you know, because they probably wouldn't get the full amount. But what this caused was for tickets to go, you know, into the close to a thousand dollars plus range mm. for Blink-182. And a lot of people got upset. And of course, Blink-182 is a big band, but they're, yeah, they, they were going to perform at Firefest. oh god (laughs) um as big as they are they are not as big as taylor swift and the quote-unquote the swifties as her fan army is so taylor swift puts out her mid album and um it's gonna it's bad and she's gonna go on the eras tour and so tickets are supposed like they're supposed to be like a pre-sale apparently that was very poorly done. And then there's supposed to be like a general release and the ticket prices, because there were so many. And I, and I heard another podcast today explained where someone talks about it. And it's really just supply and demand. Like so many people want to go. There's just not enough tickets. So you had tickets going for like 10, 15, $20,000, if I remember correctly, like ridiculous prices. So much so that like they basically and I think the site went down. There's a whole bunch of crap. So basically they just like we're just not going to do this and they just stopped selling tickets. Yeah. And so now people are like, why isn't Taylor saying something? And they're like, because Taylor's making money off of this. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, she finally said something in some statement, but it was like it, it, it felt disingenuous. But it just goes to further prove that Pearl Jam was was right you know like the merger between so it's funny because aoc and uh, Ale- i can never say her name alessandro ocasio ocasio cortez yeah her um apparently <laughs> made the comment that the um 
the Live Nation Ticketmaster merger should be considered a monopoly. But then it also came out that like the CEO of Ticketmaster said, actually, this isn't even us working with Live Nation. They're using another promoter, but they're still coming to us to sell tickets. So you can't even say that it's Live Nation and Ticketmaster colluding. Um, he was like, it's simply just supply and demand. More people want tickets than we have. Um, she's playing football stadiums. These are the biggest arenas in the country, of course. But still, like, you know, there's what, four, almost 400 people, 400 million people in America. Like, if even just like, what, 10% of those want to go, you're not getting yeah. all of those in football arenas, you know? Amy, the biggest <laughs> one. Like, she came to Atlanta, she's at the Benz. And then she's in Dallas and she's at Jerry she's World. She's at Jerry World. It, it, not enough. What, maybe SoFi? How many people does SoFi hold in LA? <laughs> I mean, she could play even the college stadiums. She could play at Michigan Stadium, which holds 110,000 people. Yeah. Probably not enough. Like, cause <laughs> not if, big if enough. If you even think about that, like if you did all of those. Like, like the Rose Bowl. Like you're getting what? That's a half million people. If you do two nights, you might get one to two million people. There's... But she sold a million records in one week. So clearly more people than one. There's more. So it's just like you got to keep that in mind if you want to go see Taylor Swift. It's going to cost a lot of money. I was like, just don't go. Like, what's going to happen if you don't go? Nothing's going to happen. The world will keep turning. And maybe she'll learn to, like, you know, hey, maybe she'll price our tickets lower. That's what, honestly, that, I think that's what these fans should do. Like, if you want to talk about supply and demand and voting with your wallet, like, how embarrassing would it be to Blink-182 to come out there and be like, hello, Chicago, and, like, no one's there. <laughs> it looks like Donald Trump's inauguration. Well, basically, that's, isn't that what the baby is going through right now? Yeah, the baby can't sell a ticket to save his life. Two for one. Nobody wants to go. I think he went into, like, some building and left 100 tickets for, like, a week, and he was giving them away. No one got a ticket. <laughs> Or he, or he, or he dropped off a hundred tickets at another place, and then came back with the cameraman, and everyone's just like, "Why did? Why is? What's he doing here? That's why did he come so back?" Sad man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, that dude. Go, go to the masquerade, man. Like they, maybe they can hold you. That's so crazy. He might have performed at Apache Cafe or something. <laughs> We've know. got the baby. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> it was funny, like, put like this, like, um, at center stage. Some artists that I've heard of, they they come in and they're going to perform at, there's there are three venues, the Loft, Vinyl, and Center Stage. Mm-hmm. Center Stage is the main one. Yeah. The Loft and Vinyl, they're smaller, but some artists that I, that I know of have come there and they've had good shows. And yeah. then there's some artists that <laughs> they, okay, their show's going to be at the Loft, but there's such a demand for, to see them that their show gets moved to center stage, mm. to the bigger venue. I don't think that happened with him. <laughs> <laughs> it might downgrade. He might, he'll be playing to the other bands on the bill. That's who will be there for him. Like the other Atlanta rappers who are like, hey, dog, get your set through, man. I got some fans coming through. And they'll like, they rock with you like that, man. <laughs> oh, God. That's, yeah, that, never, I haven't seen someone fall from grace that fast. Like, this dude was on one of the biggest songs of 2021, and now he can't sell tickets. And it's like he was never on that song. Yeah. Anymore. 
Like that song was everywhere, and it's just like the ba- who the, that dude that can't sell tickets. Yeah, we don't like it's. Yeah, I saw a video. I think it's from Joe Budden's podcast, or it, it was him who made who made the point that they're trying to figure out like what happened to to the baby, and uh, someone said it was well, all his songs sound the same, and I think what Joe Budden was saying uh, that's part of it. But not the main thing. It's all these other things that he keeps getting into trouble. The off the court issues, as they basically, would say. Yeah, basically that. And combine that with the song sound the same, and it's just not interesting anymore. Yeah. Um, and there was, uh, I don't know if I talked to you about this or somebody else, but I think, um, I don't think he was talking about the baby specifically, but Lil Yachty said mm. something similar to like where, all these, all these rappers. These there are more one-hit wonder rappers now, and it's because they there's a struggle to put multiple good songs together, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a struggle to, um, I guess they don't their their public persona is a little too. I don't know which word he used, but it's like they don't have the charisma to be an artist. To be a star. To be a star. Mm-hmm. Or to, to keep this thing going. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a few and, that uh, can, and but then, not many. And then, you know, the off-the-court issues. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're seeing more one-hit wonder rappers now because of, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. I think, I just think it's because the, the market's saturated. Like, hip-hop is... Find like I thought that the the snap era was what we saw in the late seventies and eighties for the Sunset Strip. You know, I thought Bankhead mm-hmm. was the new Sunset Strip. It, but it seems like they've they basically keep going back to the quote unquote Sunset Strip now. But now it's only trap. Well, they keep the Sunset, the new Sunset Strip. Um, I don't know if it still is now, but it was SoundCloud. Yeah, like they just keep going for. Like let's just keep tapping the well for sound for SoundCloud for TikTok. Let's just keep going there. Oh, you got a song that went viral? Let's sign you, and hopefully we can cash in on some of that that you know that hype off of that single. And maybe you can give us a second single. But the way that contracts are set up now, if if you don't give us a second single, it's no biggie. We didn't lose a ton on you. Um, it's really it's it's weird, man. That's why so many people like the Ryan Leslie story. You know, go indie. Like if you've got the, if you've got the um the hardworking mentality to get out there, and um or like Russ and go indie, put out your own thing, cut out the middleman, you everything goes to you. Yeah. And if you do get big enough to where the record labels come calling, like Russ, because I think Russ is a great example. He was like, I held off because, um, I wanted very specific terms in my record deal and I wasn't willing to give up because or give in to what they wanted because I've proven that I don't need them. So like if I'm gonna get a record deal, it's gonna be with like the term exact terms I want. And he said that like when I signed, I got everything I wanted. So it's like, you know, if you can find a, a way to force them to play ball. I don't know. It's it's I will say though, like it's it's kind of a sad state of affairs because it feels like every few weeks I hear about a new rapper and I don't know who they are. 
<laughs> and it's like, oh, they had that one song. That song was the song of the summer. And I look it up and it's got like 100, 200 million streams. Never heard of this person. <laughs> They've got a few million I, I think the, listeners the first, a month. The, like... the rapper of the of the moment right now, I don't know if there's anybody else who came after Ice Spice, but I still think we're at a point where no one else knows another bar from that song. <laughs> I don't know how the rest of the song. And she put out another song. Oh, boy. See if she's got staying power. Well, we'll find out. Um, I guess one one more thing. Uh, so I was wondering why, um, when it comes to the this current generation of artists, especially rappers, anything that comes before them is Try to they try to act like it didn't exist or that people actually like it. And I get and I'm saying this from uh Twenty One Savage's comments that Nas isn't relevant. And I always wonder why Nas is like the target. <laughs> Cause I remember when like um I feel like somebody asked Lonzo Ball about uh Oh, they asked about Illmatic, didn't they? Yeah. Or his like top five or something. Top five I remember. And, and it he said something about Nas to where like probably something that Nas is irrelevant and that future is the is the is the goat. Yeah. And he said probably some that, other guys uh, who I got really no problem with way. Nas. I think he's good, you know, he's obviously a legend, but I just don't think his music is like that. That's what Twenty One Savage said. No, that's what Lonzo Ball said. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's before his time. <laughs> I I can understand that, but I guess just to have no I mean it's something I've said many times before to have no appreciation of anything that came before you. Like not even trying. Um and you made an interesting point before we started recording that it may come from that this current generation of adults uh didn't grow up with cable. Mm-hmm. I just shared something with you, by the way, that I thought was very funny about Lonzo in, in the in the keep the notes thing. OK, it's very funny. Um, no. So I heard someone talk about this because it was um, in regards to why this generation, younger millennials and Gen Z more specifically, just don't seem to have that appreciation for things that came before them. Um, and I think this came from those videos where, like, you know, a lot of younger people will wear shirts from artists whom they know nothing about, you know? Um, and they just think it looks cool. You ask them like, oh, do you know who this is? Like, no, I don't know. And I don't, they don't care. Um, someone made the point that, you know, this is the first generation really to be raised largely in an on-demand entertainment society. Meaning, you know, cable has been dying for the last, you could say 10 to 15 years, really since the advent of the advent of high-speed internet and streaming. Um, the record industry has struggled because CDs don't sell and the radio is, is, is dying. Newspapers don't do as well and cable TV don't do as well. So these are all forms of media that dominated the seventies, eighties and nineties. You couldn't get away from them. So us growing up, of course, you know, as being, I guess what you would call elder millennials, um, we did not have a choice in what you watch. Like if you turned on cable TV, I don't think I started seeing, on demand until the late 90s and even then it wasn't it was like 
you had to have it through cable, right? <laughs> and that that and that depends on what what company it was. Yeah. I mean, Late there was pay per view. Like this is what pay per view was in the nineties. Oh God, pay per. <laughs> this is pay per view. One movie. It's on repeat, man. Just <laughs> on repeat. For months. All day. All day. For months. And you had to pay like an insane amount of money to watch it. And you had no controls. You didn't have stop. Oh, yeah. And, you, and if you you better start watching it when it comes on. Otherwise, you miss it. And that's just, you know, by the I would maybe say by the time I was going to going to college is when you started to see on demand more readily available and and being that my my you know degree was in communication mass communication we talked about the future of television and at the time we just called it time shifting basically being able to get entertainment on your schedule and this was maybe around like 06 or so um but now you have this generation of 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 people who are becoming adults that's all they've ever known you know youtube netflix um I guess you could even say what Hulu, Hulu, and now and Disney Hulu. Plus, yeah. all these things, and and now there's yeah, there's Spotify, even more of it. Apple Music. So like, if you don't want to hear something, you don't have to hear it. If you don't want to watch something, you don't have to watch it. You get to pick and choose exactly like your entertainment can be like so finely tuned <laughs> to your tastes that you could go all of your life and not understand that Lotto's BDE was a song from Mariah Carey's fantasy. There are so there are more songs like that. Like there there's a song <clears throat> there's a song called Billie Eilish. Yeah. And, and it, samples it samples nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And you could go your whole life and not know that. Unless you are someone yeah. who's inquisitive and like, huh, I want to know what this is. I see on here that it says, you know, Chad Hugo. Like I want to know <laughs> who that is. And you go back and look, but if you don't and as we've seen, this is not a very inquisitive generation because that means you have to stop. And if there's one thing this generation does not like doing is stopping. Mm-hmm. TikTok is you just keep going. You keep going to the next video. You you know, so you don't stop. You don't get to learn. Every now and then you will have those TikTokers who care about history, who try to educate the masses. But if it takes more than a minute, they're on to the next video. <laughs> and they don't do a very good job of it. No, not always, no. There's a there is a channel that I follow and this guy's probably if not late teens early 20s where he will talk about that type of stuff. He'll talk about older artists trying to educate people. Um but the video sometimes can air on the long side and so I don't know how much engagement he gets. Um but I also say some people could do a, a bad job uh if they didn't. They they don't really know what they're talking about. They didn't they're just do their going homework. off <laughs> what they can read. Yeah, they didn't do their homework. Like I I I probably posted this as an Instagram story a year or two ago, but this guy was trying to say, oh, this was the, uh, this was, uh, the best song from the year you were born, and he went back to like 1995 or something. Mm-hmm. But when he got to like 1998 or 1999, he's like, okay. Uh, and then we have the song, I Want It That Way. Uh, no, no. We have the song, Bye, Bye, Bye by NSYNC. I'm like, who? <gasps> <Whoa>! <laughs> I'm like, who? NSYNC? <laughs> who? 
<laughs> that's somebody who did what's that episode of Family Guy where he's like, Oh, I've got to play King Lear. Ben Affleck, I gotta play King Lear. He's like, Hello, hello, hello. Perfect. Got it. And he's just, <laughs> that's that level of prep. Yes. <laughs> N S Y N C. All right, that looks right. <laughs> oh God. Oh god. Another thing that in my head, and you've probably seen this. I can't find the video. I can't find that's the clip so of when it was said. Sad. But do you remember when because uh, there's a there's a huge sports commentary subgenre on YouTube when the guy tried to do a, a video about Jalen Brown? And he said he was he's from like he's from Marietta. Yeah. Like one of the most dangerous cities in America. <laughs> this I also this fur, to further this too, and this is a conversation I had with Abe, who's been on with us um many times. Um it was a guy who was going through all of the salaries of the actors from Stranger Things mm-hmm. and how much they made. And he got to Winona Judd. And Winona Judd, writer. the first couple, what did I say Judd? Winona Ryder. I always do that. Winona Ryder, for the first couple of seasons, was the highest paid actress on there. Highest paid star. She's the, probably the most known of the whole cast. And he <laughs> was like, for some reason, he didn't know why, though. He thought it was so bad. And people in the in the comments had to, had to school check him. him. <laughs> and he had to make another video. I was like, I didn't know who Winona Ryder was. Like, bruh, like Winona Ryder was the big get <laughs> for the first couple seasons before these, you know, the other kids started becoming stars. Like, I imagine like Winona Ryder got this greenlit, bruh. Like, let's just be real. Like, like who you got? I got Millie Bobby Brown. Who? Who's that? I got Finn Wolfhard. Who's, Who's that? that? I got Winona Ryder. Okay, all right, okay, all right. Okay. That's that's the start. That's good. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. <laughs> I got David Harbour. Uh, what was he in? What was he in? Like, who's Renona Ryder? Perfect. Let's let's roll. Like, like she was a big star, and he without was, without even looking, I feel like she's probably a producer on the show. Wouldn't be surprised if they gave her producers credit whatsoever. Like now, of course, you know, with the with the Gen Zers and probably even Gen Alpha now, Millie Bobby Brown is it. Like they know who she is. Renona Ryder served her purpose to kind of get the show going, being that kind of stabilizing force. Now the kids are a little bit older; they're more mature. But like, yeah, they had to check them. Like Renona Ryder. Was the get like it wasn't like you know, it was like uh, let's, I guess we can give her work. No, it was like we're making a show set in the eighties. Let's get one of the biggest stars from the eighties, early nineties on here to, <laughs> to give us some credit. <laughs> um, I don't know why I always say Winona Judd, probably because I like the Judds. But yeah, Winona Ryder was the get man. She was in Beetlejuice. Check yourself, man. <laughs> Heather's Heather's check with Christian Slater. Check yourself. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, but um, that just that that and probably me. I haven't watched the most recent season, but probably another person that probably took it over the top was getting Matthew Modine, another star from the yeah. I wonder if I, I I wonder if they would know who he was because his part's not as big, so I imagine like if he didn't get paid a lot, it was just because he wasn't one of the main characters. But he would he also probably was a git as well. They're like, oh, we got Matthew Modine. Like, heck yeah, dude. Like, what the hell? How'd you do, How'd you do that? <laughs> like, That's awesome. So, but, you know, he was, he was you know, 18, 19 years old. He has no clue who an owner writer is. No clue. So, it was really sad. Having to stop and learn something. that That's an argument I'm going to use now. Yeah, stop and learn. Yeah, y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all don't try to stop and learn nothing. NSYNC. In, oh, my God. <laughs> I sat there for like five minutes, like how, how did this happen? <laughs> um, uh, so that'll do it for our music news. Um, 
went a little longer than than I anticipated, but we're okay. We ain't been together in a minute, so I, yeah, it's been it's it been a happens. while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Can't help myself. Can't help myself. Uh, so oh, uh, before we get to the charts, Ben, tell us about the cover song of the week. All right. So this was one I heard turning on the radio. Haven't done that in a while. Um, some jazz station, jazz R&B station that we have in Atlanta. It is called, there's an artist named Jared Lawson, and he covered Footsteps in the Dark. Beautiful, just well-produced cover, more jazzy than the original. I think we were, we were talking earlier about how like Ernie Isley is more a, a rock guitar player. This is not rock. There is some fuzz on the solo. I know we're only going to play a short version of it, but I do encourage anyone, if you like this song, listen to it. It's a, it's a good cover. All right, this is Footsteps in the Dark, Isley Brothers cover by Jared Lawson. We'll be right back. For the cover song of the week, we only go through the first verse. I guess this was not who I thought it was. This man is, this man is a is a Remy Shan, a Remy Shand, a, a John B, a, a, a Mark Broussard, Mayor Hawthorne, <laughs> Mayor Hawthorne. <laughs> man, okay, I didn't know that. That's so yeah, I I heard Jared Lawson. He had a song, uh, an early, a song I put on a Spotify was a long time ago called Sleepwalkers. Okay. Um, Maybe that's so, why yeah. I heard the name. Okay, yeah. For those of you who didn't understand that, that means he's a white guy. Yeah, um, he doesn't <laughs> sound like a white guy. <laughs> um, like he was dipped in a big old vat of soul. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, still no playlist for that segment. <laughs> <laughs> still no playlist. Um, okay, so uh, let's get to the charts here. Um, it's been two months. I don't know what's been number one before this week. Yeah, me either. So we're just going to start with this week, okay? Uh, number one this week is Antihero by Taylor Swift. Uh, apparently, she also racked up a bunch of American Music Awards. We're not going to talk about that because that is probably, I'm going to say, use a go, have the Gen Z perspective. It's probably one of the more irrelevant award shows. What did, I can't remember what Rob... Um... 
uh, the guy from um, 60 Songs said this. These, the trash Grammys. The trash <laughs> The trash Grammys. That's what they are. And also, it, it, took, it, probably, it took me a while to realize it's just math. Yeah. <laughs> the, the awards are already decided. Yeah. Just do a little bit of math. Because <laughs> it's all about radio airplay. Yep. Uh, so number one is uh, <laughs> "Antihero" by Taylor Swift. Number two, "Rich Flex" by Drake and Twenty One Savage. Um, you gotta see it? the memes to these, man. They're funny. I've seen. I've seen a few. Oh, you have? Okay. Okay. Um. <laughs> uh, there's a. Uh, <laughs> There was some show they were talking about like the great rap duos in history, mm-hmm. and they included Drake and Twenty One Savage. I don't know what that was on, but everyone's like, "That shouldn't count. <laughs> that doesn't count." No. Um, anyway, um, number three, "Unholy" by Sam Smith and Kim Petras. Petras, I've uh, heard this song a lot on on TikTok. Yeah. Number four, "Bad Habit" by Steve Lacey. It uh well like unholy it was number one at some point song and record of the year nominee mm-hmm. <laughs> have your moment have your moment Steve. number five as it was by Harry Styles number six major distribution by Drake and Twenty One Savage number seven I'm good blue by David Guetta and BB Rexa yes it does sample blue by Eiffel sixty five. <laughs> uh, number eight, Lift Me Up by Rihanna. That's from the Wakanda Forever soundtrack. Number nine, so it might be an Oscar nominee. Look out mm-hmm. for that. Number nine, Spin About, Spin About You by Drake and 21 Savage. And number 10, On BS by Drake and 21 Savage. Now, uh, when Taylor dropped Midnight's, I believe she had, uh, there was at least one week where she had one through 10. Yeah. I think that's a first. First time ever. Yeah. That goes to show how they're, you know, not trying to take anything from her, but with streaming and everything like that, if you've got a diehard fan base that will stream the crap out of your album, that will happen. Because I know there were weeks where Drake had a majority of the top 10 when he would drop an album. Yeah. So, you know, it's... It's just, it's interesting to see, you know, this could have never happened, you know, in the 90s. (laughs) But I'm willing to bet, though, if streaming existed in the time of, like, 2000s, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys or both would have achieved this as well. I'm almost certain of it. And it it would have been probably multiple weeks. Yeah. Yeah, because those fans were rabid. (laughs) They bought a million in a day. Yeah. Imagine how much they actually listened to it. Oh, yeah. Nonstop on the way home, when they got home, on their discman going to school. <laughs> uh, let's look at the uh, Billboard 200, the, the top 10 albums. Number one this week is Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Uh, number two, it was number one last week, Her Loss, Drake and 21 Savage. Number three, Un Verano Senti by Bad Bunny. Number four, It's Only Me by Lil Baby. Number five, Faith in the Future by Lewis Tomlinson of One Direction. Mm. Number six. <laughs> still still here. Around, we took boy. two months off. We thought, oh, it might fall off. Nope. 
dangerous a double album, it's still here. At some point, there's a very good chance that he will have two albums in the top ten if he ever comes out with another. Whatever the next one is, don't matter. Yeah, it'll be. It'll <laughs> both be in the top ten. Number seven, the highlights by the weekend. Mm. It's back up, but I think it's because of his, uh, his tour, tour okay. being announced. Already, the U.S. leg already sold out. Jeez, because I, I looked like this tour don't start until like June. <laughs> They're ready. It's already sold out. <laughs> Uh, debuting at number eight, Only the Strong Survive by Bruce Springsteen. I'm going to call it right now, Grammys 2024, Album of the Year nominee. I could totally see that, yeah. It's going to (laughs) happen. Number nine, Harry's House by Harry Styles. And number 10, debuting at number 10, King's Disease 3 by Nas. Um, He's not irrelevant, (laughs) y'all. I don't know... Y'all just don't appreciate anything that comes before you. So, uh, Ben will be back shortly. We're going to get to uh, his earworm of the week. Um, You've seen this all over TikTok. You've uh, seen the dances. We're not going to show video of uh, the... We're not going to dance to it. So, (laughs) uh, this is from Beyonce's... um, From Beyonce's album Renaissance, Cuff It. It's been, like I said, it's been all over TikTok. And we're going to play it right now once it starts. And we will be right back. Is Cuff It by Beyonce. Uh, I hadn't really heard much of the song, but now I know why it's called Cuff It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild song, and um, 
Dare I say these are two of the best writers, producers she's ever worked with, and Raphael Sadiq and Nal Rogers. This song is so much fun. Uh-huh. Yeah. This song is so much fun. It was funny. The I I had the conversation with my sister in law, who is a big Beyonce fan back in June, um, on a random at a random cabin in Colorado Springs. I was like, I would like to hear Beyonce work with better writers and singers. I said specifically, I would like to hear her work with Raphael Sadiq. <laughs> Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. There are nine writers credited on this song. Yeah. (sighs) But, yeah, she worked with, it was like I said it, it happened. (laughs) And instantly I just, I happened to hear it on one. Have you seen the TikTok videos where they're dancing to the song? I've seen good ones and bad ones. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The bad ones are more entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I heard. Yeah, I instantly loved the song, and then I looked it up, and it's just like, of course it's Raphael Sadiq. <laughs> of course it's um, it's now Rogers. So I would like to hear her work with him again. Um, you know, on something more neo soul. Like I would like to hear him write a like a kissing you style song, or even how does it feel? I could love to hear her on a song like that. Man, yeah. or even Jennifer Hudson, just anybody. Like, we need more Raphael Sadiq in the mainstream. Uh, this was a point I was going to bring up with our with our topic. Um, he might be too expensive. Who? Someone like a Raphael Sadiq. You think so? Yeah. That's a that's a shame. <laughs> uh, that's why I think producers like we don't. What's Timbaland doing right now? I, I have know. no clue. Jermaine Dupri making TikTok videos. Stargate, about the old days. I've Mac, I, no, Max no Martin. No clue. Max Martin, I think, is at this point is just it's become a factory. From what I've heard, he basically like just like he's doing um, quality control at this point. <laughs> like <laughs> kind of like so Timberland was doing like with Rick Rubin, sort of, but <laughs> a little bit more hands on. I would say more. Where he's the producer, to, but he doesn't even come to the studio. You just come to his house. <laughs> I think what he's doing is more akin to what Timbaland was doing when he had the clutch. Hmm. Basically, y'all are making the songs. I will come in and final approval. I might, you know, add an idea or two. I get a writing credit and a production credit, and we just put it out. That's what I hear he is right now because, I mean, he's so in demand. You know, he can't do everything, you know? So... I'd, I'd be curious to know if that is true or not, because apparently he put out like some song that he did himself on TikTok for creators to use in whatever way they choose. I think he put the stems out and everything. And Max Martin himself is actually singing the song. Hmm. Yeah. Which is trivia. He was in a rock band in the 80s. But of course, they didn't make it. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. All right. So. We started this particular episode with the song, What Happened to That Boy? <laughs> By... I thought that would be corny if someone did that nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> they get made fun of. <laughs> so, that's just funny. I like the song, but it's just, yeah. Uh, Birdman featuring the clips um, produced by the Neptunes. So we've done... Two episodes focused on the Neptunes before. Uh, one was about their general production history, and the other was about NERD's album In Search Of, uh, which both had Eric. No. Um, 
So we're doing our first because <laughs> five from a producer standpoint. So we're going to look at oh, the this Neptunes. Is, isn't it? Yeah, this is the first one we've done as far as producers. We've oh, done wow. it with many artists, um, but not with not with producers. So, um, yeah. So we're going to give our because five Neptunes Productions. A um, couple of couple of uh, stipulations here. A couple of caveats, if you will. Uh, one song from an artist that they've worked with only one of their songs because they're they've been there multiple there are multiple artists with multiple songs produced by the neptunes we just picked one from any particular artist secondly nerd has is been excluded no nerd that uh, could probably be a because five in itself though honestly it could be yeah uh but no songs by <laughs> nerd or pharrell solo stuff so uh, just their production uh, that for other artists, if they're featured on the song, that's fine. Yeah, and it's kind of hard to like find Pharrell, the song Pharrell sings the hook all, all the time. time. <laughs> that's his favorite thing. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's fine. But no, yeah. So y'all get it. So um, let me change the background here. Real I feel quick. like some of these are people going to have people questioning my taste. <laughs> 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 but I mean, like, I like their beats, you know, and yeah. So. Uh, so, um, we pick five. Why? Because five. And we pick two honorable mentions as an excuse to play more music. So let's get right into it. Ben, your first honorable mention. (sighs) All right. Don't judge me, y'all. Don't judge me. Um, wait a minute. About Ray (laughs) J featuring Lil' Kim. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. When this song came out. Oh, God. Um, Wait, where is it? I, I had it on the list. Um, keep talking. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, when this song came, I'm trying to remember what the year it came out. I think it was 02. No, it was 01. And they got popular in go. 02 again. Um, I was in... Some of some people who listen to the show might remember or might know, I don't know, that I was in Jack and Jill, um, which is, you know, you know the snooty black people group. Well, we had teen conferences every year. And for some reason, the year that we went to this one, so this had to be 2000, the summer of 01, because this came out in May. I was obsessed with this song. Me and my friends were obsessed with this song for some reason. It's a corny song. The melody is like very amelodic, the way he sings it. It doesn't follow the music that much, but it's just a fun song. The videos in the club, as most were back in the early 2000s, uh, and they all look like some offshoot of a Hype Williams video. <laughs> so, but it was just a, f- they're all, they all had like really like bright colors too, but anyway, I'm getting off. But I just really, really liked this song. Um, one thing that you're going to kind of see in a lot of my choices is that snare. I love, I think Pharrell was on dr- in Drumline, and so he probably loves yeah. a tight core style snare. Um, because I don't know if you ever played a snare, if you've ever seen like a snare in marching band, they are tight. Like they're special heads, so they're strong, but they're like, you crank them the hell up. So when you hit them, it's, you get that kind of sound. Um, and whenever he plays drums, he goes with that type of snare. That's I love that snare. Just guessing on the history of this song, this beat could not have been meant for him. <laughs> Couldn't probably, have been. Probably not. Probably not. This was this was meant for this was meant for some rapper, maybe for Lil Kim. 
and but Ray J heard it first. I don't know. Yeah. And Lil Kim ends up being on the song anyway. Yeah, because it does not like it's such an a melodic. Like, how do you sing over this? You really, you it's hard. <laughs> you can't. It well, yeah, it's really hard. I'm not saying. Yeah, it it, it worked, like, but yeah, it was just. The more I listened, I was like, yeah, that just made no sense. How he was singing. This should have been for a rapper. So, yeah, but I just. We were just so obsessed with that song that year. I think the next year, it was Superwoman by Mo. <laughs> like, there was always a song that we had that we were really into. And, like, this one was just, like, like for some reason, people, you would see, like, people come up, like, yeah. like come out the background. <laughs> so it holds a special place for me um, for that summer. Shout out to them. I don't know if any of them listen, but shout out to that group, man. I, I, I really have fun with them. And then she ain't that ain't that Brandy's brother. Like I don't know if that was like supposed to be like a hey you've come a long way or if it's just like you're still Brandy's brother. <laughs> like I don't know how to take that. Like is it a flex or? I always insult? felt like it was an insult. It's always an insult to say Brandy's brother so call him by his name. Yeah, and now right. it's now it's Ray J's sister. You know. Yeah, pretty much. We've we've come full circle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. um my first honorable mention uh, comes from an album we've done an episode about, Justified, and it's Rock Your Body. Now, Like I Love You was the first single. Mm-hmm. It was the, the the iconic VMA performance, question mark? Like, I think so. But, I mean, it also could be that I was roommates with a certain person at a time who was a big fanboy. So we might have made a bigger deal out of it than we should have. Yeah. But I remember watching it and just, like, losing my shit. Like, I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this is from Justified. Uh, One thing I remember is is the video. uh, All the colors. Um, The the thing that I liked about this song, it, it sounded... It was different from anything he had done with NSYNC, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and what interested me more also is that the Neptunes are more than just hip-hop producers. Yeah. They show uh, some pop chops on this one. Yeah. Uh, so their their style crossed over into, into pop. Um, and also when the, the, this was the song Justin was singing... When with the wardrobe malfunction. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even associate this song with that. I associated it with like watching it in the basement of Rao, but that might change now. Yeah, this oh, is wow. that. This is oh, what I guess. Because you better have you by then the then end he... of this song. Oh, yep. Yeah. Just put two and two together. Oh man. Um, background vocals by Vanessa, Vanessa Marquez. Loved her on the on the bridge. Uh, who she was an artist signed to the Neptunes, but there's no she's on this song. I think she did another song singing background with Justin Timberlake, and then she was on um, the Clones album. Mm-hmm. Uh, she has a, a solo song on that, but the there's no album from her. Yeah, I love yeah. like this is. I w- she wasn't even in the video. Okay. I have a like top ten bridges. This is this is in it. Like I have a playlist of just bridges that I love, and I love 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 this bridge. It's it's God tier. Yeah. 
And she's a good singer. Yeah. I don't know why they didn't do more. Yeah. And it's funny because I've given them crap for not writing good bridges. And as I'm going and looking back at this episode, I'm like, they have some good bridges. They have some good bridges. One that's not on this list, but definitely is one of my favorites, is their bridge breakdown in um, the Pharrell song, um, the Pharrell with Jay-Z song. Frontin'. Frontin'. That's a great bridge. And I love what Jamie Cullum does in that cover. That you, I think you introduced me to the cover yeah. he does where he makes that his solo section. Jamie Cullum's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my first honorable mention. Your second honorable mention. <clears throat> All right. So my second honorable mention is Girlfriend Remix by NSYNC. <laughs> <laughs> that is, of course, NSYNC for the initiated. Um, Wait, you said the remix? Yeah, I think I know the album version. They had an album version and a video version, which uh, I think was supposed to be a remix. I don't think it made it to the album, though. Let me find the remix version. Yeah, because the remix is more, I mean, this is more of an R&B song. This was, of course, after, um, this is after NSYNC had broken up with Lou Pearlman. And this was of, the second album after that. Yeah, this was, was this Celebrity or? Uh, the first one was No Strings Attached. Attached. And then this was. And then Celebrity, which was the last one. Yeah, this, the last album they did, which was, you could kind of see the direction that, at least that Justin was going in. Um, we still didn't know what direction. Um, we didn't really know what direction JC was going to go in. Um, I don't think anyone uh, could have. Is this it? Yeah. This is uh, this is a this is a the Neptunes remix featuring Nelly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, this was kind of so this and Gone were like their forays into R and B music. This is about as close as you could get to from all their stuff with R and B. There's that snare, of course, again. Um, you've got a nice verse from Nelly. Um, you have some really smooth vocals from Jay Z and Justin. Great harmonies. Um, especially in the bridge, which once again, I don't know what episode I said that on that they didn't write great bridges, but damn it, was I wrong? Like this is another, this is another great bridge. Um, but um, yeah, this is just a great song all around. Um, the video, I remember, like they were kind of dressed a little bit more. I guess you know, fill up my boots, my baggy jeans, my thug appeal, as JC said. They were just more, you know. So they they, they had come a long way from matching Fubu jerseys. <laughs> oh god yeah those early videos were rough man the, the the from the hair to how they dressed to like how they were just always kind of doing like this weird bankhead bouncy kind of dance in the background it was weird man but like by this point it was just like you know you got skull caps and hoodies like this <laughs> hoodies and, and cargo like it just it was more street but I have a good question though does it sound like Justin singing every part, all the background vocals on this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is, it's like Ralph Tresman in the uh, new edition story. <laughs> He's singing all the parts. Like they didn't even bother to bring in Chris and Lance. Um, and God, who's the other guy? Chris, Lance, and Joey. Joey, God. Um, but yeah, like I know like JC has the second verse. But I think, like, it seems like that's kind of where NSYNC's involvement ended. <laughs> um, wait, yeah. it's not even him. No, he sings the bridge. No, no, that's JC. No, that's, that's JC. That's okay. The best singer in the group. Yes. <laughs> someone, as a matter of fact, I still someone else called that out on their cover of That's the Way Love Goes from the um, 
ja- um, Jasmine, Janet Jackson icon. Yeah. Where they did That's the Way Love Goes and like JC starts singing. They're like, just holding down the group, man. <laughs> holding down the group. <laughs> so, but yeah, this one was, uh, well, I think, freshman year. Absolutely love this song. All right. So that is Girlfriend, the remix with Nelly. Um, my uh, second mm-hmm. honorable mention, this is probably the second ludicrous song I had ever heard. Oh, yeah. And Southern Hospitality. Um, Just missed my list. Uh, I think in our group chat, uh, was it Abe who posted the video of uh, Ludacris oh, freestyling? Oh, back, yeah. And I think it was freestyling over the, the Billie Eilish, the Billie right, Eilish yeah. which is nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I said that. And and Ludacris said this himself when he was during his his run with Southern Hospitality and Chicken and Beer and Word of Mouth, he wanted he created every song as if it was going to be a single. So you have to approach it. I like. Why? I feel like he's the only one who did that. <laughs> well, he had the he had the right like mindset. no filler. No, yeah. he does. He wasn't making songs to be filler. Yeah, like any song could have been a single. The albums were very strong. Yeah, and and the the hook was memorable to me. Uh, the the video was was high energy to me. Um, this this is a song that made me a ludicrous fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had been one for a while, but when this came out, I and people in high school told me I was dumb. I said this is a southern hip hop anthem. They're like southern hospitality. No, I'm like trust me, like we will be calling this a southern classic. Oh yeah. Like I from the like from the get go, like he 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 stomps all over this song and kills it. And it's you just have this great beat. I know they're I guess technically southern from Virginia, but like it was just a great it what it didn't sound like other southern rap beats at the time, but it was still really good. Like it didn't sound like a Raheem the Dream beat or anything that you know J- Jermaine Dupri was doing, but it still is just really good. It just works. Uh, it just kills it. <laughs> uh. So that's my second album mention. Uh, number five. So this was one I kind of felt some kind of way when Greg was like, I know this one will be on your list. Uh, <laughs> it's Knock Yourself Out by Jadakiss. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm a huge Jadakiss fan. I like Jadakiss. Um, I like him more so sometimes when I hear him featured on things. I loved his um, New York Minute feature on um, French Montana's um, Mac and Cheese mixtape. Uh, that verse was actually amazing but like this is and I guess I feel like this is kind of looking at the rest of my list I guess would this be the classic period of of the Neptunes like because I don't really go much further outside of yeah this is 2001 yeah I don't go much further outside of that but like this this was one that I didn't like as much at first but it grew on me you know like some of the I like that line from Jada show you how to do my dance (laughs) But, like, this beat is just so, like, it's, I don't know, like, it's emblematic. Like, it's got all of the, all of the Neptunisms, like, the kind of, um, 
like it's like a fake acoustic guitar kind of in there like i don't know i don't know how else to and then of course like you know it's got him on the hook of course we talked about that like he liked to insert himself in these songs and sing hooks and stuff um probably because you know he had so much success with the SSW you know so he probably was like I'll just do it all the time but this song to me is just really fun I don't know it's just like a really fun song I, I don't know what else to say about it other than it's just a fun song that I listen to regularly and um when I went back and I think when I did my first draft of the list this was on there like this one has been there since through all the drafts it'll never leave yeah <laughs> uh so that is your number five, right? Okay, yeah, so my number, number five. five. <clears throat> Probably a song that annoyed the hell out of everyone <laughs> when it came out. And that <laughs> is... Oh, man. I thought about putting this one on there because when it came out I liked it mm-hmm. and I liked it for actually for that little guitar part right there that little guitar lick I thought that was really cool the horns were cool but I love that guitar part because you, you, you didn't up in, really up until like Justified you didn't get a lot of real guitar <laughs> from the Neptunes the, the reason why this song sticks out to me is this song is it's backwards it feels backwards. She's singing the verse over. There's no melody. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this would be considered a melodic or, or anything like that. Well, no, it's 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 kind of sing-songy more so than a melodic, because there's, and I guess, and I could be using the term wrong. So anyone who's a music expert, forgive me if I'm doing this, but like, like she's not really singing over anything this much of a counter melody like in wait a minute like that is a counter melody like it just does not fit whereas she's just kind of like almost maybe toasting over the verses like she's not rapping she's not singing but it's like she's like calling someone out so it feels like a toast to me and then you know she gets the like almost like a refrain and then like the hook is that's my like that's that feels like the hook to me when she's getting there versus like the refrain with a few times I've been around that. It's it's a very odd song structure wise. Uh, uh, of course, uh, Pharrell and Chad leaning on their marching band uh, roots. <laughs> uh, Definitely. And this was a song that I it, this is a song that should be played at a high school football game. I'm willing to bet With it clean probably lyrics, was. but still. Yeah. Like I'm willing <laughs> it was, to, it's one know. of those. I'd never heard it, but then again, like, you know, we were out of high school by the time yeah. this came yeah. out. This is so, what, 2004? I think so. Yeah, 2004. Have you heard the um Cobra Starship version of this? Do I want to? Probably. It's funny. <laughs> it's very funny, especially this part cuz I showed it to Monario. And when they get to this part, it makes them crack up because of what they do. <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. You just have to hear it. It's hilarious. But I think it's called Hollaback Boy. <laughs> and the lyrics, he changes the lyrics completely. He doesn't just, it's not just a cover. It's kind of a parody send up. It's, it's really good. All right. So your number four. 
All right. So um so this is the um I'm stylish, black t shirt, blue jeans, Billy Eilish. <laughs> that just shows how timeless the, the Neptunes are. And that is of course nothing by Nori. Um I am not afraid to say it came down to this in Super Thug. Um but this song entertains me more. Like Super Thug is a great song. But like at the white bar saying, hey, now you're an all star. (laughs) 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 Or just I want to chill and sell more records than Creed. I just love it when rap brings outside elements in (laughs) to talk about. It's just funny. But but this is also a song that like me and my wife can like literally just like bust out. Like if I go like she knows exactly what I'm singing. He's like, is that nothing? Or like, she'll just join in and just start singing it. <laughs> this was a time also where using basically uh, sampling Bollywood music. Middle Eastern Bollywood music, yeah. <laughs> became a thing. Uh, he did it. Timberland did it. Um, and it was on a, quite a few songs. Yeah. Who did the bing, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember this was on I think this was on one of all those mix CDs I had oh this was on one of them (laughs) like (laughs) I love that line I think it was on like one of the first three or four um, that I, I had made him in high school oh wow so yeah the video, if I remember correctly, too, is pretty funny. It had the patch weave. Was that uh, was that Mike Epps that did that? Yeah, in the video, like pat the weave, gotta pat the weave, pat the weave. <laughs> this was was back when, of course, music videos counted. They meant something. Yeah. And you would often, a lot of times, have to have pauses where that you know there would be interaction. <laughs> Nori just has so much personality in his songs, man. <laughs> He's such a, so good. All right, so that was your number four. Yeah. My number five, uh, my number four, is the other song we know by Nori, Super Thug. Because uh, it had one of the more ridiculous opens I had ever heard in a song. <laughs> well, so if this was going to be my my song, I was going to talk about, of course, the awful sounding helicopter. It's <laughs> like, is that a helicopter? It sounds so, it sounds like a helicopter from like a Sega Saturn game. Like it sounds so bad. Noriega, you got to match in the Philippines like this. <laughs> this was one of the dumbest opens to a song I'd ever heard. Like, but hey, the hook is just, you can't forget yeah. it. The hook everyone could do. Yeah. Just one word. <laughs> what's the word? What? No, what's the word? What? What? <laughs> the random chick just in the background. That's Khalees, I think. Is that Khalees? Okay. <laughs> that always stood out to me, though. <laughs> and so, to talk about production, Nori didn't come up with that. With the... That's them no, coming no, in and saying, them. "Hey, Kalise, you're that gonna." This, that's the that's that production. <laughs> but no, this is a great song, and I just felt like when it came out, like he, it sounds like an aggressive rap because the beat sounds kind of aggressive. So, but yeah, it's a great, it's a great beat. Oh man, what year was this? This was like, was it 99, 2000? I think so. I think yeah, I think we were in high school. 98. 98. Wow. Middle school. Maybe. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. 
he's 45 years old. But I guess he's been at it for a minute, so yeah. that makes sense. So she was, well, yeah, duh, she was working with him back then because one of her songs on my list is from around that time. So <laughs> makes sense. Um, so, yeah, that was my number four. Uh, it came between between Super Thug and, and Nothing, of course. Those are uh, fun songs, man. Made a reference to Nelly. Oh, this is old. And SoundScan. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, so, number three. All right. So, number three. Um, I don't all, I don't always like the rap on the song, but I think that the beat is amazing. And that is I'm Serious by T.I. Um the hook from Beanie Man is great. Just throw that out there. The hook is great. But the beat is just like, just the, just, it's one of the earlier ones. I don't feel like a lot of people know this one by T.I., but. This is from his first album. Yeah. Um, for the longest Which time. Which actually didn't do well. Yeah. For the longest time, this was all I liked by T.I., was this album. Um, and this song especially I, I remember like when they were talking about him coming To West Georgia to perform I was like sweet he's gonna do I'm Serious <laughs> But I think he had Something else that had just come out After that that was um, The song that had like um, Rubber Band Man and, um, That was the next album Yeah I can't Trap think of the music. Trap music yeah I think he was pushing that at the time but this one was just when T.I. was still kind of like, you know. This was his first his first single. Yeah. Not many people really knew he was. And he, uh, like I said, the album didn't do well. And sorry is he, I think he got dropped from the label. Really? Wow. Or they were like, uh, yeah, he was on Arista. Yeah, and then he went to Atlanta. Yeah, wow. Yikes, I didn't know that. <laughs> Because I think he told the story like so it was like um, maybe a few months or or a year after the album he goes to meet with them and he thinks he's gonna talk about okay now we go to the next album no we're dropping you that's sad they missed out yeah they really missed out like he goes on to be literally like you could you could argue that he is the godfather of trap yeah um and but then he also just goes on to be for like that out that next so like what from trap music to urban legend and then king that's a really good three album run that Arista missed out on <laughs> like big time like I, I would say by the time king came out he was probably like Top probably, three biggest rapper in the world. Oh, definitely. Because that was the King came out the same time the movie ATL came out. Yeah. So what you know about that? Why you wanna like top back? Like he's yeah. he is he's literally King at that point. Like he's that's sad. That's as a as a matter of fact. This is something they always do on the rewatchables. They talk about like a movie run. They're like, oh man, who was like? They're like, then they'll talk like the biggest star. Like he had a run of like the Pelican Brief, Malcolm X. Like they name like the run, and it's just like looking at this. You could literally say that about him from um, from trap music, Urban Legend, and King. That's as good a three album run as any rapper in history. And then to end like on top, like you're literally the king. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my number. Three, um, is uh, I think this was on. There was, I guess, a mixtape or album called Violator. 
mm-hmm. and it had this song on there, but it was then it ended up being on this artist's album. Yeah, it was on Violated. Oh, nice, nice. So this is uh, what it is by Busta Rhymes featuring Khalees. Um, Did it feel like he had kind of like a resurgence around the time this album came out? Like, uh, well, it was. I think. People were wondering what he was going to do next because this was after uh, Put Your Hands Over My Eyes Could See mm-hmm. and Dangerous and like, okay, that's it. But then he gets with the Neptunes and then you get What It Is and Past the Cavassier, yeah. which was, it was between that and Past the Cavassier mm-hmm. for Buster Rhymes. Uh, I remember Past the was played when I was a senior in high school, we had, this was before the, the prom, we had like a, a dance just for the seniors. Mm-hmm. And it was at this a ballroom or hotel in downtown Augusta and Pastor Gravassier was the one was the song that got everybody on the dance floor like everyone but I like this song better (laughs) I think this too kind of this song gives you an idea of how good they are at crafting hooks like that's a simple what it is right now like it's a very simple phrase that will get stuck in your ear it's a, that's, a, that's a good hook and what also what I like about the Neptunes and, and I can also say this with, with uh, as far as with Holla Back Girl as well it's not it's not a whole lot no it's not a lot going on it's not a lot going on it's, it, they keep everything very minimal there's as a matter of fact outside of like this part right here it's just drums <laughs> and like drums and percussion like there's no like you know there's no like chord progression there's nothing sticking the song together like oh let's put some pads behind it like patch like strings or anything like that it's just a beat and just let the dude rap so and it works that was kind of their thing though for a lot of rap songs back then yeah, not, don't overpower or, yeah. you know, do too much. So, yeah. I didn't realize, geez, was Khalees their Sleepy Brown? Like <laughs> For a while, yes. <laughs> she was. I didn't realize how much she was on. No wonder she hates them so much. <laughs> Yikes. Well, speaking of Khalees. <laughs> uh, so, number two. Caught out there by Khalees. Um... I don't think I understood this song when I was younger. This was definitely a song that the video was weird. I would see it on the box, but like no one ever requested it. Of course, internet is in his infancy, so I don't have a way to go and and find it. All I see is just like this one scene in the video where she starts going, I hate you so, and I'm like, what the heck? Like I didn't get it. So it was only later in college when I was able to, you know, find the song i think probably on you on um yahoo launch launch.com and started actually listening to it and understand like oh there's a full song behind this that's when i downloaded it started putting it on mix cds and understood like just that like that corporate the, the boom boom like i love that like it's just really good i'm a sucker for good chord progression um i love Kalisa's vocals i do think she's an underrated singer um really just an underrated artist I know we've talked about her before and just 
how like her career has just had varied genres of music that she's done and so i i think she's very underrated um and it's really good at kind of just adapting to whatever situations in she's in which is probably why i didn't realize she was on so many of these songs because like when she wants to like be that vocalist she can when she just wants this to kind of back you know fade to the background she can so i'm learning a lot today about her but i just really love this song and the, like all that stuff just <laughs> everything about this song and i i i hearing the song it got me gave me the visual like especially during the the chorus of like fireworks going yep. off <laughs> and that's probably what they were going for you know distort her voice make her sound angry throw some of that in there but yeah god it's this is probably my favorite next to like she did a song with um calvin harris early it's probably my second favorite song about her yeah bounce. bounce love that i track. like that song um, that was actually my introduction to Calvin Harris <laughs> was that song and I feel like she probably embraced doing that type of music before a lot of artists in America especially a lot of black artists in America embraced doing EDM collaborations but that's just she's she does that she's, she's cool like that so but yeah just love this song alright that was your number two so my number two uh a song during my junior year of high school that got played to death. This was also close. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, this was this was on my first draft. And I do love, love, love this song. It's one of those songs where like I would practice along to it to test how well I could sing. Cause there's some there's some nice falsetto there's some belting parts especially the bridge which once again i continually prove myself wrong the neptunes can't ride a bridge <laughs> i keep proving myself wrong great uh, bridge on this song <laughs> um a lot of yeah like i said this i had a few friends who had this album who had 8701 yeah it's a good album um and uh, this I, I remember the the video. Uh, this the one where they were like they were on Heelys, right? <laughs> this is the going out for uh, night on the town. They're in the in the SUV, and then they get to the place where they're art, and yes, they the Heelys happens. Uh, the big button downs with jeans yeah. and a and a fitted that was. Oh man, because y'all like probably the, have a forty-year-old uncle that probably still dresses like that. Yeah, that's the video too, where they're like, "That's dressing up for it." They bounce in the in the SUV. <laughs> oh yeah, it's. I guarantee you, they're 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 probably, if not in Buckhead, they're rolling down where Atlantic Station is, like that yeah. long road. That's yeah. This was in Atlanta. <laughs> this was in Atlanta. Please believe this was in Atlanta. He brought Diddy down, so because Diddy's in the video. <laughs> Which, if you didn't know any better, back then, I thought that Diddy did the song. I didn't realize it was the Neptunes. I was like, oh, Diddy, he's here. He did the, you know, so. Um, I just, uh, I, yeah, I enjoyed the song, of course. Uh, a lot of, a lot of uh, dudes in high school would, like, just sing this song randomly. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was one of those dudes. I was one of those. <laughs> I will do this. Well, I don't do karaoke anymore. But when I did karaoke, I would definitely try to do this song. Um, and if I was sober, um, I would definitely get to the at this part, you know, and just belt it out. 
but this is further this is the further proof that I submit to Abraham that Usher can sing. Oh yeah, he says Usher can't sing. Yeah. And then you hear this. When we were in Vegas, we probably we probably should have gone to Usher's show. So he could see him sing yeah. live. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's like the weirdest like like you know that you're wrong, but you just won't back down. <laughs> so you just make like you just take it even further. Um, have you heard the remix with Ludacris? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. We are at number one, and uh, I just feel like it's is it? We have the same one. Yeah. I figured, I figured. <laughs> we what have else, the same number one. What else could it be? It, the it, lunchroom it, classic, you know. <laughs> I, I saw like the. I think they had a the the album itself or this song came out. Lord willing. Um, it, their anniversary of the release was okay. recent. And, they, and someone put the meme in lunch tables were never the same. So, of course, you're talking about grinding. Oh, man. This might be, I don't know, like, in terms of, like, early 2000s, like, your quintessential, like, beat rap, like, where everything, like, I still maintain that the, the clips will never get their due. Because I think that some people think that they weren't as, since they weren't as big as they should have been, like, how do I put this? Their skill outweighed their fame. Like, I still think that Pusha T is, like, one of the best rappers in the game right now. Yeah, he's he's a lot of rappers' favorite rappers. Yeah, he's so good. Like, from his verse on, um, I can't remember what the um, good music song he was on. Um, was it Mercy? Mercy? Yeah. He's everything he's on. He's good. His song that he did with the um that they uh that they sampled for the heart the RB song. Um, ah oh God, turn this into a something something. I can't remember. I, I'll 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 find it later. But I just I like I oh, like that him. Arby's uses. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't think of it either. But he's hmm, great that's on that the second, song. That's the second uh, fast food related song he's done. <laughs> what was the first? Uh, I'm loving it. Oh, he was on that, wasn't he? Yeah. With uh, Justin Timberlake. I think he um, he didn't ask for publishing or royalties from it. Uh-huh. And I don't know if Justin Timberlake did either, but they didn't make a lot of money off of that. That's sad. <laughs> um, but this song that we're that we're listening to right now is, I mean, it's I, I, since it's our number one, I'm guessing it is our number one favorite song by produced by the Neptunes, like the one like um, Bust Up What It Is right now. Minimal, not a lot going on. Um, you have that. Um, that bouncing kind of percussion, not percussion, but the bouncing synth um, that kind of serves as a melody to kind of um, to bridge the uh, verses into the choruses is really well done. Of course, you've got Pharrell, classic Pharrell, you know, on the hook, singing that part. <laughs> like it was, it's, I don't know, I think there's like a perfect song. Uh, it's it's the quintessential Neptune's production. Yeah. Uh, with Pharrell singing on the hook, uh, minimal production, heavy on the percussion. Oh yeah. Um, ain't, ain't no melody. Uh, no. Ain't no uh, you know. 
this is and it's just let the if they rap let them rap let them rap so uh that's basically what the what it is um so um I've, I think I may have told the story maybe on, on the Jam podcast, but uh, the first roommate I had at West Georgia uh, played this album a lot, but only during the day. At night, it was a different CD that annoyed the hell out of me. This one did not annoy me. <laughs> um so yeah, and I think a few people on the third floor of Rao had this album. Yeah, I heard this a lot that mm-hmm. year because I would always hear they're from Virginia where they ain't nothing to do but cook. Like, I just remember, <laughs> like, that guy, it got played a lot. It got played a lot. And I liked the song, but I wasn't enough of a aficionado to listen to it to really understand how good the clips really were. Because, you know, Pusha T still raps, but Malice is a, like a preacher now or something, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, he changed his name to No Malice. No Malice. But I think they're working together again. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, Pusha T is, is, I mean, hell, even when he came out with Story of Adidon and just destroyed Drake, clearly didn't hurt his career. But, like, he won that one. <laughs> he won that one. He, he's, he's masterful. He's really good. I didn't realize he had that much cachet in the hip-hop community, though. Like, he was your favorite. Like, because it sounds like he's almost kind of like a Andre 3000 then. Like, he has that sort of level of respect. Yeah. Only he puts out music. <laughs> you haven't yeah. anything from Andre. You get a verse every now and then, but yeah. So, um, yes, we did leave a lot on the a lot of meat on the bone. Um, you can only have so many. Songs. Yeah, like there's this was this was tough. Uh, we left out uh, "Girls Dim Sugar." We left out anything from Britney Spears. I consider it uh, slave for you. That was. But that ultimately got we out. left out uh, Diddy by Diddy, the song Diddy yeah. by Diddy, <laughs> uh, Youngin by Fabulous, uh, Candy by Foxy Brown with Kalise. Kalise saying the hook on that. Mm. Uh, no Jay Z at all. I imagine someone might have thought as as much as I like Jay Z that I would have, but my favorite songs by Jay Z just are not ones that they've done with them. So. I think on the the because five Jay Z songs I had I know which was produced by the Neptunes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the stuff that like um, and it didn't have excuse we miss either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like you know the work he's done with. I know he I had a song on there he did with Dr. Dre and I think I want to had some one when he did with Kanye. I can't remember my because five there, but I, I like more of the East I, and I guess maybe that's the snob in me coming up. But like the more East Coast sounding producers that like might use like the like the Chipmunk Soul sounding samples that Kanye West kind of pioneered. That's just kind of what I go for. Or just any type of, you know, funk or um, R&B type um, samples is what I typically kind of uh, What else did we leave off? Love You Better by LL Cool J. Looking at Me by Mace. That was on Harlem World. Uh, no Mystical. I, yeah. Uh, Hot in Here. That was also my cut. That had to get cut. Uh, hella Good. He produced Hella Good? Yes. Oh, that might have that made it. <laughs> That's probably my top five and no doubt songs for the breakdown alone. The 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 um the um the talk box guitar solo. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Um, uh, got your money by ODB, which I'll, I did not know that either. I I discovered it when I was looking into it, but that does not sound like a Neptune's beat at all. 
And of course, Khaleesi's but it, on the vocals. It does. <laughs> if you like, the, it kind of does though. I kind of hear it there, but like, I don't know. It just it. I w- I wouldn't have pegged it. I when I when I found out it was, I could pick out the Neptunisms. But yeah, uh, we also got "Touch" by Omarion. Um, <laughs> "Wanna Love You, Girl" by Robin Thicke. Mm-hmm. "Like a Boss" by Slim Thug. Blurred lines. Uh, we had no Snoop Dogg. I considered it. I considered it beautiful. I considered it beautiful. And uh, <clears throat> Hit the Freeway by Tony Braxton. Didn't have that one either. Um, and, of course, no Pharrell, no Pharrell solo stuff. Um, we did not include that because that might be kind of cheating a little bit. Would definitely encourage you all to share your favorite with yes. us. Uh, hit us social. up on our social media. <laughs> Uh, so let's get to my uh, earworm of the week. Um, this is also a shout out to uh, uh, Rick Henderson from uh, the show Natural Jazz Fusion Bridge. Um, you can go to his website, naturalfusionbridge.com. Um, I don't know why I thought you were talking about former Oakland A stand. Not yeah, not Ricky Anderson. Even he said some people call him Ricky, but not not. That's why I was Ricky. like, how you know him? <laughs> <laughs> not not the same Ricky, Mister. I talk in the third person. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, on his on his program, uh, basically, it's a little educational and um, how jazz to hip hop. There are a lot of connections. Okay. Um, and, uh, the last show I did with him, uh, he has a featured artist each week and the featured artist was, uh, he let me pick and I picked Bob James, uh, one of my favorite jazz fusion artists. And he was part of a, what was considered a super group called foreplay. Huh? And one of the songs on, the, on that episode and that I've been playing a lot, uh, it's a song called Bali run. So this is this is I I I've told Ben I told a lot of people I grew up listening to jazz fusion contemporary jazz smooth jazz whatever oh, you want to wow. call it but I never had it as an earworm on my own podcast so I finally am going to play a song from that kind of genre so this song is called Bali Run uh, by Foreplay and we will be right back. Thank you. 
that is Bali Run by Foreplay. Um, <laughs> was funny. The written hour. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, it's funny is that Bob James, Lee Rittenauer, Nathan East, Harvey Mason is the original lineup. And um, when I was in Dallas, I went to the the jazz festival there mm-hmm. uh, that Labor Day weekend, and Bob James was going to perform on Sunday. He got COVID. <laughs> he was replaced by Re- Lee Rittenauer. Oh! <laughs> so I still got to I got to see uh, Lee Rittenauer. Perform. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, that's a super group. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So uh, shout out, shout out to Rick, uh, Natural Jazz Fusion Bridge, uh, that program. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, now played Beyonce, played Foreplay. Those can be found on the official BTTYC Earworms of the Week playlist on Spotify right now. Uh, the cover song of the week. I'll get to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so that will bring us to the end of this particular episode. Uh, what should we end the show with? Um, oh, wait, wait. I have an idea. I have an idea. Um, if I can find it. So, uh, familiar with Tammy Lucas? I don't know. The name. Um, for those who know about the Neptunes, they come from the, if there was a coaching tree, uh, they come from the Teddy Riley coaching tree mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, an artist that Teddy Riley worked with a lot was Tammy Lucas. Um, Is it good? To- yeah, that's her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, there was this song. Um, I'm not sure how good quality it should be, but they should remaster it or something and uh, and and put it out. There's an unreleased song that the Neptunes produced called Turn Off the Lights. Hmm. And um, it was never released. But it, it I heard it on, I think someone put it up on Instagram. Someone talked about it because it was like a black music Instagram account. And they talked about, have y'all heard this unreleased song from Tammy Lucas produced by the Neptunes? <laughs> And I and I had not, so it was an unreleased song, um, but I, I really liked it. Um, not just, it's not great quality as far as the the audio, but I think it would have been could have hit. You it, it, it could have been, it could have been. So um, and play, I, but I found it on YouTube. It was on SoundCloud. It was yeah. So I found the full version of it. So we ended with that. Yeah, um, I'm down with that. And I uh, want to thank you all for listening. Subscribe. Tell a friend. Give us five stars. If you give us four stars. Probably a hater. Yep. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Hopefully it's not two months from now. <laughs> Peace. Peace.
Sing more.